all the movies, all those comics, all the games, all those toys, all the TV, the animation. Just give us, just give us one hour and 45 minutes and we will give you everything. Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to This Week in Marvel, episode number 264. I'm VP and Executive Editor Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, and I've had a lot of coffee today. Joined by Marvel Editorial Director of Digital Media, Ben Morse, and we've got with us... Amanda, the intern. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was your nickname that you got a couple weeks ago? Sniggles? Oh, Sniggles. Yeah. Sniggles. Yeah. Old Sniggles the intern. She was just telling us you saw the new Harry Potter movie. That sounds like a Harry Potter term. Sniggles? Yeah. I yeah. can see that being right? like, a we- like something other than a muggle. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I got. It's, like, it's okay. like a muggle who's also sick all the time. Terrific. Sick you know? Uh, <laughs> this episode will be brought to you by Loot Crate. Loot Very exciting. Crate. We'll dig a little bit more into that a little bit later in the show. But uh, apologies that this episode's coming a little bit late. A little bit. I went to the Superheroes Half Marathon weekend. Yeah, and you crushed it. In the Disneyland. Yep. Yeah. Had a new personal record for my half marathon. Hey, time, congratulations. Which is good. High Thank five. you. Um, that Hope was you fun. could hear that. Yep. Um, Ran the 10K and the half marathon, got the Infinity Gauntlet Challenge medal and the T-shirt no and all that stuff. You just, know, you know, just running. 19.3 miles over two days. Oh my god, man! Plus you're, you're in the parks. Yeah. So uh, plus you're running. You're walking through all the the theme parks mm-hmm, and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think your legs are not getting a break. No. The second day, the yeah after the half marathon, I hit 42,000 steps that day or 43,000 steps. What are you tracking your steps on? Uh, I have a Garmin watch. Nice. Um, and so that equated to about 21 and a half miles. Yeah. I was in, I was, Did you know. close the parks for us? Because I they st- So we, the st- first people start at 530 in the morning. Um, and so there's the way they do the half marathon. You run through the parks at the beginning of the race. Mm-hmm. So that way, most people are done before the parks open. Mm. Um, and that way, they can open the parks normally. I was in Disneyland a few weeks ago, just before you. Mm. Um, you know, I was warming it up for you. Mm-hmm. And I had my sister-in-law is in a competition with my other-in-laws on their Fitbit. And she, like, annihilated them because <laughs> of the walking we did around the parks. So That's going to happen. Yeah. So if you're competing with your family on <laughs> Fitbit for some reason, you should check out Disneyland. <laughs> or Disney World. Or, four different Literally any like any Disney attraction where you're walking around. No, let's push. Let's push the family here. All right, <laughs> only only at Disney. Yep, yeah, that's she, fair. Sniggles gets it. Yeah, I get. I understand. I understand. Yeah, the only people I'm connected to on my fitness track are is my wife, mm-hmm. uh, and so she gets Did really she annoyed. Oh, she always wins because yeah. she has to walk I can more see, for I her can job. See that. Yeah, uh, and so if I beat her, then. Then, oh hell! Yeah, she like she just doesn't understand. But she'll always beat me as well because her steps are smaller, and sure. the the tracker knows that. Yep. So she takes smaller steps, so she takes more steps to go to the same amount, same distance. It's the same way me and my wife compete when we go to Orange Theory Fitness, um, because they track your calories, and I always win. And I just tell her I was like, I have I have more to lose, <laughs> much more to lose than you do. See, there you go, that makes you know, sense. It does. Yes. Uh, so that's been your fitness corner. Yeah, here fitness corner. Everyone, Marvel, get in shape. Yeah. Um, what kind of workouts have you been doing, Snuggles? I don't work out at all. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Good that's job. why you're sick all the time. I uh, eat that's a lot true. of candy and then don't work out. So that's that's why you're sick all the time. That's gonna come back to haunt you. Yeah. It probably will. Yeah. Currently. You know, I'm young. It'll work. It'll find. Wow. Wow. The folly of youth. Truly. <laughs> truly. 
Uh, all right, let's dig into... Let's do it. Uh, well, first up, if you're a new listener, this is This Week in Marvel. We're going to cover all the new comics out this week. Print, digital, collection, single issues, all that good stuff. We're also going to... Who put the skull on uh, Jean Grey? That's uh, brilliant. You guys can't listen and can't see that, yep, but yes. Nope, this is a visual reference, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's a skull on Jean Grey. Uh, I took it off. We had Chip Zdarsky here in the oh, office yeah. the other day um, to do an episode of Thwip. And, the big Marvel show? Yep. And uh, that skull is styrofoam, mm-hmm. and when he was playing with it, the sound it makes makes me want to throw up. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Don't like that. Anyway, uh, we're going to talk about all the news, and then we're going to get to your questions and comments. If you have questions or comments for us, use the hashtag this week in Marvel, or email us at twimpodcast. Twimpodcast at marvel.com. Thanks. It's been a a week since no I did problem. the show. No problem. Um, but yes, we're going to dive into new comics out this week. First up is all new Wolverine number 14. Enemy of the State 2, baby. Yeah. It's happening. Written by Tom Taylor, art by Nick Varela, uh, Scott Hanna, Mar- Michael Garland, and Jesus Arbutov. And uh, so in the first part of Enemy of the State, we saw that um, Wolverine and... Um, uh, what's the what's the little girl? Gabby. Name? Gabby. Thank you. Yeah, you I it. read this the other day, and everything is no problem. Out of man. My head. A lot of coffee right. today. I'm really okay. going real fast. Um, uh, Wolverine and Gabby. They they want to take a little vacation. They go to one of uh, Logan's old cabins, uh, but someone has been tracking her and messing. It sounds with... like a fun like nature show. Yeah, Logan's cabin. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Have Wolverine come out and ho- that. We need when we need another original video idea. Yeah. Keep Logan's cabin in mind. Hey bub, come on in. Come on in. Let's learn about nature. Yeah. This is an acorn. Eh. Because <laughs> you got you got to really Canadian yeah. them up. Um. And then so they go. They're they're trying to have this little vacation. Someone has been tracking Laura, and they use her trigger scent. Yes. They douse her. She murders an entire town. Out of her control, but she still does it. If you're an old school X-23 fan from like the X-23 limited series, there's a lot of that mythology weaved into this story, yeah. which I thought was very cool because I was a big fan of those old uh, Chris Yost, Craig Kyle limited series. Oh, yeah. So, so good. They do a good job using that, but also making it new reader friendly. They explain it all. Yep. Uh, and so then we see that S.H.I.E.L.D. is uh, going after Wolverine. It's like, hey, what's going on? We got to bring you in. You're, you're dangerous. You're a problem. And she's like... Uh, yeah, but you're not going to take care of this the way mm. I can take care of this. I got to go shoot me, and I'm going to shoot a hole out of this plane, and I'm going to jump out of this plane, and I'll be fine. So, which it's she good, does. It's a good plan. And which she it's is. a solid plan. Uh, and she's she's ready for vengeance. Gabby's like, I'm going with you. And Laura's like, hell no. And Gabby's like, you can't stop me. I have a healing factor. I don't feel pain. Let's go pay some uh, vengeance upon people. Gabby's great. Gabby is the best. Uh, and so they go, they link up with some pirates. Uh, legit the, pirates. Legit pirates. Wonderful dialogue. I love Tom Taylor's mm-hmm. uh, take on this book and these characters so much. By the end, we get an interesting revelation, and uh, blood is going to flow next issue. Oh, my God. Blood flowing all the way into the clone conspiracy, tumbling on here in Amazing Spider-Man issue number 21, written by Nan Slott and Christos Gage, pencils by Giuseppe Kimancoli, inkers, Cam Smith and Roberto Poggi, colorist Jason Keith. This one is all about Kane and what happened to Kane after the events of Spider-Verse. Uh, as we saw at the end of Spider-Verse, Kane became the other. He slew... Slew? If you slay someone, do you sure. slew them? All right. He slew Solus, one of the inheritors, and then seemingly got killed by Morlin, another one of the inheritors. He emerges from his gross spider cocoon, hooks up with the Master Weaver, uh, gets... 
kind of up to date on what's going on, uh, encounters the web warriors, or rather avoids the web warriors because he doesn't want to know them to know he's alive. He's got some sort of disease going on. It's uh, something to do with being a clone. He goes and researches it on other Earth. This is kind of a like kind of, kind of like if you enjoyed web warriors, uh, this is kind of a throwback to that with Kane going to all the different planets, learning about clone viruses. He hooks up with Spider Gwen. And by hooks up, I mean works with Spider Gwen. Yeah, there's no hanky panky. Don't you no worry. No bone zone action there. Which is good. Yeah, that would no, really that would be really odd. Um, so Spider Gwen helps him out, and they're researching like what's going on on different Earths with this clone virus. They come up against another version of Kane. It's all really interesting. It's all background for what's been going on in Clone Conspiracy and why. Kane showed up in the last issue of Clone Conspiracy, why Gwen had to go undercover, uh, what they're going to do to try to save the world from this virus that could show up at any time. It's good stuff. And if you were a fan of the late Scarlet Spider series, this is, you know, Dan Slott and Christos Gage really embracing the character work that Chris Yost did. And really, there's a lot of throwbacks to the series and uh, different elements of it. It's really good stuff. And I feel like I'm going to be really sad in like a month or two. I, I feel like it. I'm hoping not. Look at it this way. Kane's died like four times, and he always seems to come back. So yeah. I'm maybe I know, but now we're like we are so in like behind the character yeah. after everything, and like well, I mean, he died at the end of Spider Verse, and that was when we were into him from Scarlet I know, but Spider. Like, you at least knew that he was like there was that like oh we're well, gonna get he'll him probably again be back. We didn't know that. Wasn't there like a hand coming out or something? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So it was like, oh, at least somewhere down the line, we'll get him back. It's like when Undertaker got buried alive by <laughs> mankind and his hand popped out from uh, underneath. 100%. Yeah, it was totally like that. I've been yeah. watching The Best of In Your House on DVD. Wow. And I saw that one. Wow. Yep. It's a. It's a, it's a I don't know how you have the time to dedicate your mind to that. That is, uh, my, that's what I do on the train. I, this is my, my train regiment. I'm not going to take long. I know we don't have time. My train regiment is five comics, watch a wrestling DVD. It's like reps at a gym. Because if I do more than five comics, I won't be paying attention to them anymore. So I do five comics, watch a wrestling match. All right. Very good. Maybe throw in an EW once in a again. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Mix it up. Yeah. Um, all right. On to our next comic, which is Black Panther number eight. Oof, good issue. Uh, writer Tanahasi Coates, I think, said that this was his favorite issue so far. It's a great issue. Um, it has uh, layouts by Chris Sprouse, finishes by Carl Story with Walden Wong, and colors by Laura Martin. And this is really, uh, this. a lot of this focuses on Shuri, who was the Black Panther. Uh, she was queen of Wakanda and is um, uh, T'Challa's sister. Yep. Uh, she has been existing in this state between life and death since the events uh, prior to Secret Wars. And Black Panther is not letting her go. He is made a, uh, a decision and here we see him saying I've got to find her I've got to bring her back um, she's my blood this before is really important you, before you tune into all that he has like he says goodbye to the crew yeah. and I love the crew oh my god yeah. I would buy a crew ongoing series I mean I wouldn't buy it I'd get it for free but if I were a normie yeah. I would buy a crew ongoing series by Tanahasi Coates. Really just great chemistry between these characters. Yes. Yeah, the crew being um, Black Panther, Storm, um, Manifold. Manifold, Luke Cage, and Misty Knight. Yep. Uh, and it's just great because you can see, like, like Black uh, T'Challa says, like, why he brought them into this. And, like, it's just this great moment. It's just cool and reaffirming and awesome. And it's like, yeah, this this is cool. This means something. Yes, hopefully we see more of them. Uh, but T'Challa says to Manifold, I need you to come with me to help find my sister. Wouldn't you, Would you do this for someone that you cared about? 
if you you know if you could save Gateway, who is kind of like mm-hmm. his father, um, you know, wouldn't you? And and he says yes, without a doubt, mm-hmm. I would sacrifice myself for it. It's just awesome moments of like, it feels like in a sense like eighties action movie heroes like yes doing anything they could to save the ones that they love. Good loved. comparison. And I loved every second of it. It's said in a lot more like. Uh, intellectual and like heady way, right? It's than not an '80s action movie, yeah. But it's got that vibe to I it. I feel like Tanahasi Coates would take that as a compliment. Sure, I've, I've interviewed him one time, uh-huh. and I think I really got to know the man. <laughs> and I feel like he uh, he would take that as a compliment. Yeah, uh, but in this, we get to see you know Shuri in this 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 realm that she's in, sort of learning and becoming something special and. Hearing about these Not stories. Not that she wasn't already something special. Correct, but something different, yeah. let's say. Something other. Yeah. Uh, by the end, it's just these great moments, and there's a really awesome last page, which we'll definitely learn more about. I've also got to say, in the back of this, mm-hmm. they keep running uh, interviews with bands, and they keep crediting it to me. And I did the first interview, and I haven't done any of the interviews since. I think oh. they just don't change the format. That's true. So I would like everyone to know that I did not conduct the interview in the back. Uh, thank you to the Black Panther editorial team for making it seem like I did more work than I did, but I definitely... Who did it? I don't know. It's not... It's one of ours, right? I think... No. It's just... It's, That's great. It's just... I think it's... Uh, it might be Daniel Fink. Okay. Uh, but I'm getting the credit for it, so... Terrific. You know, shout out to Daniel Fink. Yeah. Uh, Captain America, Sam Wilson, number 15. Yes. Written by Nick Spencer. Art by Angel Unzueta. Colors by John Roche. If you are a fan of professional wrestling, and why the heck aren't you, this is the issue for you. We go, uh, I love the new Falcon is a big pro wrestling fan. Um, and he, I love that he's like, and obviously Lucha Underground, which yeah. makes sense on numerous levels, and I loved it. He's I'm hardcore, man. WWE, NJPW, Ring of Honor, obviously Lucha Underground. No TNA. He's, or, he's us. He's, he's us. <laughs> he's he watches us. everything except for TNA. Sorry, TNA. Yeah. Uh, good luck to you guys. Um, but, yeah, he takes Falcon – or Falcon takes uh, Sam Wilson out to the Unlimited Rest- Class Wrestling Association, brings Rage there as well. Rage, who essentially wears a lucha mask. Yeah, he's – So a, he should fit right in. 100%. Um, and they go, and they're going to watch D-Man perform. This is a D-Man issue. This is this is like your I, dream issue. I loved this I can't believe so I can't believe much. I'm describing it. I should have given this to you. Yeah. But it's, it's D-Man and wrestling. I did not know that D-Man was gay. Neither did that I. Was the first thing, and I was so excited. I am so happy. Like he, it just—he's in this like loving relationship. Yeah, and it's so sweet, and it's so. His, but it, and his, it's so like his his boyfriend is so like sweet or, and supportive. Or husband, I don't know. Or husband, situa- but like what it was, it was just it was just there. Yeah, and it, it was just there. It, it was, was nice. Like, it was a nice little bit. I didn't know. It, I didn't know it either. I was actually surprised by that as well. Yeah. Um, he's fighting Battlestar in like an exhibition match. Battlestar, of course was the Bucky when um, John Walker, U.S. agent, was Captain America. This was his Bucky, although he changed his name from Bucky because Bucky is actually a racist term, and um, he changed it to Battlestar. I did not know that. Fun fact, they didn't know it when they started the book, and they came across it that that was a derogatory term for black people. What? So obviously a black guy would not want to be called Bucky. So he My mind changes, is being blown all changes his place. name to Battlestar. He was in the Unlimited Class Wrestling Federation with D-Man. D-Man kind of took advantage of him when he was a when he was a greenhorn uh we get to go back we get lots of cool like inside wrestling stuff they're coming back together for uh d-man's all nervous like oh man battlestar's gonna be pissed at me he's gonna 
kick my ass. We get to see actual wrestling. Get to see like a Uranagi suplex, a camel clutch, uh, nice little lateral press cover there. Uh, really, Nick Spencer did his research here. Yeah. He really like got into the wrestling stuff, and it's he, perfect. He, he could have just called like Jason Aaron, yeah. or Dennis Hopeless, or, us. or Colin Bunn, or us. us. Yeah, um, or maybe who maybe knows? he's a huge maybe wrestling he's a fan. huge wrestling fan, and we didn't know that about him. I know yeah. that Nick Spencer was very much involved in like the election and stuff. So. Well, Maybe. I don't even want to say involved. In it. He's been he was involved, man. <laughs> he's very vocal. About he was it. very vocal about that. He's also vocal about wrestling. Just makes him great. Yeah. Uh, D-Man gets hit with a chair by these guys who are trying to rip off the purse. They're basically trying to this. This whole thing is being uh, it's it's all a charity event for kids. So some, I, in goodness. my head, in my like the fanfic in my world. Yeah. So D-Man has this guy up and it looks like. He's, you know, he's got him in like. He a, looks like he's gonna F five him. He's a fireman. It's a fireman's it, carry. It's a fireman's carry, but in my head, he's gonna do a Death Valley driver. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, a D man driver or something like D man driver. Right? Like, Holy crap! Like in my head, I'm already oh. like, putting it together. I need to get the new oh. WWE game just so I can make create D man. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna get it for Christmas, and I'm gonna make you, you, I, you. I'll make Battlestar. You make D man. Yes. We'll go online. <laughs> we'll team up. It'll be great. Yeah. They have a nice little flashback here. Um, I I love Nick Spencer writes about pro wrestling like through the through the words of Captain America as like oh wow this is why it's something that you and I personally love and he just talks about I'll here it looking around it hits me everyone here is doing the same thing people of all races different backgrounds coming together to celebrate something they love forgetting about all the bad in the world and just focusing on what makes them happy for once yeah and that's just a beautiful description of why we love this. I don't, I don't want to call it sport, sport enter, entertainment sport. It's just, I don't yeah, know, it like, captures yeah, it perfectly. This, you know, like, kind of entertainment. There's a, there's be- there's a nice moment between D-Man and Battlestar. There's a nice moment, a beautiful uh, splash page here by Angel and Zueta. Um There's nice moments between Cap and Rage, who kind of reconcile. Falcon gets it all together. It's all good. This, this is just such a feel-good issue. the issue I needed yeah. this week. I It was... It's as perfect as I could have hoped for. It was really good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, All right. Up we next, got more. Yeah. Carnage number 14, written by Jerry Conway, art by Mike Perkins and Andy Troy. Uh, Mike Perkins killing it just on art. Crushing it. Yeah. Opens up in this amazing splash page of uh, Man Wolf, John Jameson, just looking scary and vicious. And there's a bunch of him just tearing into things and killing. And then you get some. Um, bits and pieces for the various cast members you get to see carnage being awful and crazy and creepy and thinking he's fulfilling prophecies uh and and you know basically carnage is on his path to unleashing chathon to mm-hmm. the marvel universe it's a fun word to say i know uh who's been trapped here for a very long trapped in this you know dimension and under the scarlet spells. witch freedom back in knights of wondergore how'd they stop him then uh, I forget. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but Hopefully they'll figure it out. It's up to uh, the Band of Heroes, which has um, Toxin, Toxin. and uh, Manwolf and a bunch of you know military people to try to stop him. But are they too late? And Victoria Montesi from the Darkhold series from the 90s. Yes. Uh, 
Uh, she I is love, all up in this book. I also love that Carnage is just carrying around the Darkhold, like mm-hmm. this giant book. Yeah. It makes me happy. I love this book so much, and uh, I'm excited to see how it keeps going on. And, and it keeps going. going. We were saying, we're like, I, we think Carnage is going to wrap up at some point soon because it's not, it's, it is a finite series. Um, but we keep getting more issues of it. I'm excited. Awesome. I'm welcome. It's excellent stuff. Also welcome, Deadpool number 22, written by Jerry Duggan, art by Matteo Lolli, colors by Guru EFX. Uh, Deadpool was waylaid by Madcap. He wakes up in a morgue where they're taking him apart and taking out all his organs. He asks if they can put it back in because his healing factor allows him to wake up. Uh, this is actually after this this gross threat of Madcap. It's really like... It's really the arch enemy that Deadpool needed. He needed some opposite number. And Madcap is just this creepy, gross, unhinged villain who is doing his worst. Uh, But Deadpool's got other stuff to deal with. He has to deal with the fact that he doesn't have any cash anymore. So he dresses up as Spider-Man and goes and steals from criminals. So basically he stops them from stealing, robbing a bank so he can rob the bank instead. No, is that what the, I thought what he happens? went to the track and oh, yeah, stole yeah, yeah, yeah. from That's the right. mof, like the mafia That's run right. track, stole money from them to pay them back. Yeah, exactly. He steals money from the mafia to pay back his his uh construction workers or the guys who are working on his thing who are, who are also uh, in with the mob yeah so he's stealing from the mob to give to the mob uh there's a nice moment with deadpool and his daughter um which is immediately followed by a horrific moment i this last page is a crusher i re- i don't know how deadpool's gonna get out of this i hope he finds a way to get out of it i don't know if he can uh madcap has done something terrible to deadpool that is really going to mess with him and uh, he, the thing is, it's hard to mess with Deadpool. He's crazy. He regenerates. He's, he's tough to uh, stick it to him, but Madcap's found a way to do it, and yeah. it's awful. Uh, this was upsetting. Yeah, very that upsetting. That was really upsetting. All right, on to Doctor Strange number 14, um, written by Jason Aaron, art by Chris Pachalo, uh, inkers Alve, John Live, Save Victor, Olazaba, Tim Townsend, Wayne Faucher, colors by Antonio Favela and Hava Tartaglia. 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 So at the end of last issue, uh, Doctor Strange was absconded. He absconded with no. He was captured. Let's just say he was taken by Satan. I don't like that we're using. Uh, we're losing the word absconded. Yeah, but I don't want to misuse it. I know. I'm not the English guy. Showing here. some respect. Yeah. Um, so he gets taken by Satana after having dealt with Nightmare, having dealt a little bit with Mordo. Uh, Satana takes him. Boom. Takes her to a diner and make. Like, oh my god! Essentially, you've got Master Pandemonium, who is the chef. Yeah, why not? Here, which the best part is, Doctor Strange is like, wait, is that Master Pandemonium, or a different guy with demons for arms? Yeah. Which hell is this? Yeah. Like literally, that's what he says. Doctor Strange seems like totally hung over this entire issue. Yeah, that's well, how I, I mean, read it. He's basically getting kicked around. He's exhausted. Yeah, super exhausted. Uh, so you've got Master Pandemonium, who is a fan favorite because mm-hmm. Love he's Master Pandemonium. Uh, a messed up demon dude with demons for hands. Yep. So think about that. Um, Let it marinate. Yeah. Uh, and he's he's the cook at this diner. This diner is in Satana's <sighs> part of hell. Satana is so gross. daughter of Mephisto, uh, right? No, she's daughter of Satan. Is that different? The devil's daughter. Right. Sure. They're she's all... she's the daughter of some devil. Yeah. It, it it shifts depending on who's writing her. Got it. Maybe Mephisto sometimes. Maybe Satan who yeah. showed up in Ghost Rider. Okay. She's... <laughs> 
Her dad's not a good guy. Right. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, she's like, hey, this is, there, there are a bunch of hells. There are a lot of people running hells. Mm-hmm. I want my hell to be the most exciting and enticing. Yeah. Uh, she's like, there are a lot of, you know, people come to, to hang out with the rock stars and hang out with all these people, uh, but they're running out of it. We need attractions to make people come to a I, specific house. I like her rationale that basically, like, why would anyone want to go to, you know, the good place? It's yeah. so boring up there. Yeah. Here's where all your favorite celebrities are, yeah. and they're performing. She, and and they, the way she says, like, she's like, I mean, don't get me wrong. You're going to get tortured. Yeah. It's going to be terrible, but let's make it as attractive as we can. It remind me of Vegas. <laughs> Yes. Uh, and she she says to Strange, uh, you got to eat the bacon. And This ruined bacon for me. The number of people sucks. who have been really upset about bacon after yeah. reading this issue is fantastic. Yeah, it's, uh, it's terrible. She makes him uh, eat bacon that someone else was eating. She pulls it out of that guy's stomach, gives it to Strange, Ugh. makes him eat it. Um, she, she says, swallow it, or for the next course, I feed you your own eyeballs, which makes him eat it and he's like whatever whatever and then she's like oh now you're sweating blood yep Uh, so gross she is she's essentially uh trying to kill him uh turn him yeah into her side and then force him to be an attraction for her hell as someone with long-term stomach issues Mm -hmm. this issue was a nightmare for me yeah because this is what i imagine (laughs) is going on in my body at all times uh so he's he's got this demonic bacon in his stomach which is trying to eat him from the inside yeah. and bacon's uh, hard to digest as it is sure yeah so much grease and so uh strange turns him he goes astral astral projects himself mm-hmm. and then turns himself super small uh shrunk his astral projection down to a smaller denser form um in order for himself to go his astral form to go inside his body to fight the demon bacon yep. and get it out of him. This is all real stuff that's happening in this comic, guys. Yeah. We're not it, making this up. And it is beautifully illustrated. It mm-hmm. is absolutely bonkers. Uh, it is like, thank you, Jason Aaron, mm-hmm. and thank you, Chris Pacello, for doing this because it's crazy pants. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. Uh, Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange is his way through it. Satan is pissed off. I like that. Um, but by the end, we get a Jason Aaron favorite. He's done more to further this character's career than anyone else could ever hope to than do. Than anyone has done for any character, Maybe. really. Yeah. It's, and it, it's uh, the gold standard. If you're not reading Doctor Strange, you are doing comic books wrong. Yeah, what's wrong with you? Speaking of which, if you're not reading Infamous Iron Man, you're also doing comic books wrong. This is issue number two. Oh, my God. I love this by book Brian so much. Michael Bendis. Art by Alex Maleev, colors by Matt Hollingsworth. It's beautiful. We've got the Thing, who is taking some time off from being a Guardian of the Galaxy to be like, wait a minute, Victor Von Doom is Iron Man. Victor Von Doom is a good guy. I'm gonna look into that. Yeah. Uh, he goes to the Latvian Embassy. Him going to the Latvian Embassy is so great. He's like, oh, this thing is really nice. Would be a shame if something happened Just to destroying, it. Just destroying, destroying beautiful vases left and right, threatening to quote eat this entire building and poop it out while you watch uh he really brian michael bendis enjoys writing ben Grimm. you can tell that uh and while this is going on over in bolivia dr doom or iron man or whatever he's calling himself these days victor has a confrontation with the mad thinker uh he tries to get the mad thinker to come around and be like basically like, hey i'm a good guy now why don't you try to be a good guy as well uh, Mad Thinker's not about it, so we get a Mad Thinker and all his technology against the new Iron Man. That's pretty cool to see displayed. 
Doctor Doom tracks down Doctor Amara, who was Tony Stark's love interest, uh, and is now Victor's love interest. They, they've been I think they're just friends. A bit, you know, it's, there's a little flirtation here, but I don't Shaking know. Shaking hips at each other, yeah, and making, little, making fancy eyes. But unfortunately for Vic, uh, Ben Grimm has caught up with him. He is not happy. Uh, he says, "Doomsy, you look good. Seriously, I've been looking everywhere for you." And then I assume it's going to be clobbering time. Yeah, at some point in the near future. Kind of a dick move by thing there. He barges into this woman's apartment, yep. breaks through the wall, and starts just going after it. Like, there's an innocent woman right there. If there's one thing we've learned in this issue, is that Ben Grimm just breaks things yeah. without any regard for anyone. Totally. Really. Yep. Yeah. Truly the villain of the series. <laughs> Up next is Jessica Jones, number two. And uh, there's a big parental advisory, not for not kids. Not for warning. kids, guys. Uh, there's a lot of language in here. Do we not do Max books anymore? I do, guess we, not. do we just stick parental advisory stickers on normal books now? I guess. I guess. Like, Works for me. I mean, you I'm know. I'm glad because we still get in our bundle that way. Totally. There's there's a lot of language in here. Mm -hmm. And so if you're a youngin, maybe not. If maybe. you're a youngin, if you have a youngin, yeah. uh, keep this away from them. Uh, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Michael Gatos. If they can't read, <laughs> then maybe you're okay. Colors by Matt Hollingsworth. Let's look at the pretty pictures. And uh, yes. is there anything visually offensive? Uh, there's no, no, no. All right. Yeah. I, me personally, I don't really mind the language, but some people. No, would. I don't. No, I'm trying to say like if you have a kid and they're going through your comics and they find this and they can't read, maybe they're okay. Sure. You know. Yeah. Um, Just trying to play the long game. Yeah. So at the first issue, we found out that so there's uh, something going on. Uh, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones' baby has disappeared. Mm -hmm. uh, Jessica knows where she, is, where Danielle is. Yep. Luke does not. Luke is not happy, and they're at a very uh, difficult tough position. Tough to read, man. Yeah, I like this couple so much, so and I feel much. so invested in them. We don't know why. Yeah, they won't tell going. us why everything is wrong. Yeah. Bendis is just torturing us. Yeah, uh, <sighs> Luke is pissed off. Jessica's upset. Jessica's, you know, frustrated. Um, it's her just like trying to get on and, and do like regular life stuff, her alias stuff while still trying to figure out you know, like protect Danielle. We see some interesting stuff with Danielle and with uh, Jessica's family in here. Um, by the end, some stuff really starts like taking shape a little bit more. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're, we're seeing that sh something is targeting Jessica. Yeah. And we don't know why. It comes kind of out of left field. Literally, yes, uh, but it's a great use of an awesome villain that um, we've seen seen in a while. James Patterson's Max Ride Final Flight number three, written by Jody Hauser, art by Marco Faia, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. This is uh, the Max Ride crew. They have going. They've found out that the people who created them are going to kill half the planet. They are going to eradicate them. Their old enemy Ari is on their side. They split up. Max takes one team, goes around Europe searching for the secret base. Uh, Fang takes another team. They go to Hollywood. They're going to try to recruit some people to help them out. Uh, both teams make some headway, but there's a twist at the end where Max meets someone who she never expected to meet. Uh, there's robots. There's flying kids. There's crazy powers. Uh, if you enjoy the books done by James Patterson, you will definitely enjoy this comic as well. Yeah. Um, all right. Old Man Logan. Old Man Logan. Number Logan's 13. Cabin. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, we've got um, this issue as it's great because you've got, you know, we always see our stories that happen in the past and then happen in Logan's past, which is the future that may not ever happen or the current present that is happening now with Logan from the future. Yeah. Right? Does that oh, make yeah. sense? No, you nailed it. Yes. Um, we get to see that uh, Logan and uh, Deathstrike are trying to stop the Silent Order from doing all their badness. Uh, they're the, the child leader of the Silent Order has all these crazy superpowers and goes like full on um, Akira level, like crazy nasty. Which, which allows Andrea Sorrentino to really let loose with the art. Yes. Written by Je- uh, Jeff Lemire, art by Andrea Sorrentino and colors of Marcelo Maiolo. And yes, it goes, it's just every issue of the series is just jaw droppingly beautiful, but this one allows them to really do some crazy stuff and weird designs and character stuff. And then I love this, this page. What, what do you call this? Like this kind of like yeah. montage thing. Sniggles. What do you call that? No, it's not there's, a collage. A, there's a different term for it. Come on. This is oh. what we rely on you for. Where you you take the images to make you know, yeah, you take small images to fill out a large. You take the good, you take the bad. Take them both, and there you have facts of life. Right, Um, and then lost on Sniggles, (laughs) horrible. (laughs) Uh, We get to see Logan and Maureen in like this really cool, sweet, tender moments, which are always hard to stomach because you know everything that happens to her and happens to his family and happens to him, and it's just, oh, it's really rough. Uh, But Logan is able to. Do what he meant to do and stop the silent order from uh, all the chaos and destruction that they were, you know, potentially set to do. And maybe sets his character on a good path. Um, I love everything about this book. I'm interested to see where it goes, especially because the tease for the next cover has uh, the Howling Commandos. Howling Commandos. I'm so excited to see Andrea Sorrentino draw the Howling Commandos. That seems like a slam dunk. Speaking of slam dunks, Patsy Walker, a.k.a. Hellcat number 12 is out. Written by Kate Leth, art by Brittany L. Williams, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. Hellcat and Black Cat are having a major heavy-duty cat fight. Uh, there's a gang of black cats now. One of them has a history with Ian Sue, who is Patsy's friend. I love Ian. He's one of my favorite new characters. He's telekinetic. Uh, he's just a interesting, normal dude who doesn't sure he wants to use his powers, but he uh, the the black cat who he has a pass with, Zoe, spurs him into starting to use his telekinesis. Uh, they go after Black Cat, who has captured another one of their allies, and uh, taken her... They, they take, uh, what's Satchel's, the Satchel girl's name? Oh, um... She has a cool name. She has a cool nickname. Yeah. I forget what, what she, she grabbed as a name. Jubilee is on uh, Patsy Walker's phone with uh, Fireworks by Katy Perry. I know you appreciated that one. I have one. no idea what that is. Sniggles? Perry. Yeah, do you know that one? I do. That was that's that's Jubilee's ringtone. Katy it's Perry funny. did the thing with the sharks at the Super Bowl one she year. She sure right? did. Okay. She did with she the sharks. She probably sang firework in that. Yeah, she probably sang firework. I love uh, Brittany L. Williams' depiction of depiction of Jubilee turning into a fog because she just becomes this like happy cloud with like sunglasses on. It's great. Um, Ian gets a costume. He gets a terrible code name. <laughs> they they track down like ah, look at this, look at Jubilee and her cool cloud thing. I just can't get over it, man. It's more like a mist. Yeah, whatever. You know, like a vampire mist. Yeah, she's a vampire. She's a vampire. <laughs> um, and Black Cat steals some stuff. Black Cat maybe kills somebody and uh, 
then wants to negotiate with Hellcat. I just this series. I love this series. Someone was asking me earlier today what books they should read, which is always a nightmare because we read like 80 books and I can't remember which ones to recommend. But I Hellcat was one of the ones I said because I was like all the funny books. The funny books, the Unbeatable Squirrel Girls, oh, yeah. the Howard the Ducks, yeah, yeah. the Patsy Walker Hellcats. It's uh-huh. just good stuff. Yeah. Good, solid stuff. Also good Silk Number 14, which is a clone conspiracy tie-in written by Robbie Thompson, art by Irene Strachowski, mm-hmm. uh, colors by Ian Herring. So um, this is a clone conspiracy tie-in. You mentioned that. Cindy has to is, is asked to come to San Francisco. San Francisco. By J. Jonah Jameson, um, which is a little weird to her, especially it gets super weird when he hugs her. Yeah. Um, He's so happy. Yeah. Well, J. Jonah ja- happy J. Jonah Jameson is suspicious J. Jonah Jameson. Yes. And she's like, Cindy is really suspicious of that. Mm-hmm. There's also weird stuff going on with her family, which we'll hopefully find out more. Uh, but luckily, yeah. Cindy's not on her own. She has Spectro. Spectro! Her old boyfriend who is now caught between life and death yep. and is, you know, sort of moonlighting Isn't as a superhero. Isn't that always the way? Yep. I know that feel. Yeah. And uh, they, they're they both in San Francisco. He's helping her investigate new uh, new you. I got to say, if I, can, if I can interject for a second. Please. The stuff with Cindy and her family where she basically she has her family back, but she doesn't know how to deal with it. And she just, like, can't be around them because she's so damaged and traumatized by the years she spent alone. Now she's got her family back, but rather than spending time with them, she just tries to get as far away as she can from them because she's not comfortable. She's not used to this being in her life. For some reason, that really resonated with me. Really and it, me. the way she reacts with her friends, with yeah. everyone she's close to, which is just, it's a very realistic depiction of someone who has trouble with, like, you know, their own yeah. confidence, their own self, like the people around them. There's social anxiety. I mean, it's yep. things that we all Social anxiety, with. that's 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 it right there. Yeah. I nailed it. And I just yeah. really related to Cindy in this totally. issue. Totally. Um, and by the end of the issue, there's like this big dun-dun-dun. And Silk gets a new costume. And a, a new, temporary costume. A new temporary code, name. code name. She is Silkworm. Silkworm. Very fun Which stuff. Which is great. More fun stuff in Spider-Man number nine, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Nico Leone, colors by Marte Garcia. This is a Civil War II tie-in. It picks up from uh, the vision we had in Civil War II, where Spider-Man's not doing great stuff with Captain America. Miles has gone missing. This is an issue about people looking for him. Nova and Miss Marvel go to his house. They interact with his dad. Gold Balls and Bombshell are looking around the city, trying to figure things out. Gonky goes and tracks down... Um, the girl who is on whatever the Marvel Universe's equivalent of YouTube is, and Crub Tube, Crub Tube, um, and persuades her to go online and basically do an all bulletin for uh, Miles uh, Jefferson. Miles' dad goes to Shield, and we learn a little bit more about his deal with Shield, which is really cool. Yeah, and he tries to find his son. It's just basically a highlight on the supporting cast of Spider-Man. And then Which is so strong. Such like, a strong supporting cast. cast. Uh, Miles does show up in the end. Doesn't have any lines in this issue. It's really just about... You get to see like Gonky and what a good friend he is. Uh, I love the interplay between Bombshell and Gold, gold Balls. I love seeing Miss Marvel and Nova that trio which is such a central part now of the marvel universe and how they function when one of them is missing it's great stuff yes all right up next we have squadron supreme number 13 uh written by james robinson art by leonard kirk paul neary and chris sotomayor and um there's a it opens up uh on like a shield helicarrier as agent jim hammond the human torch has two members of the squadron supreme um titania right 
Thundra. Thundra, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Thundra and uh, Blur, and Blur's like, I'm excited. Where are we oh going? What are we doing? Blur was this hilarious is... in this issue. And Human Torch is like, what? What? It's because Blur's from the new universe, which was a world without superheroes. Yeah. And he's just like, being on a world with superheroes is cool, man. He's, yeah. like, he's like Gwenpool. We need a Gwenpool Blur crossover. Yeah. James Robinson and Christopher Hastings, make it happen. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, so they're, they're like, excited. They're trying to figure, you know, he's like, I, whatever, we're going to this place, and I know I'm in trouble, but I just want to see what's happening. Mm-hmm. I want to see what's going on. Uh, while that's happening, you've got uh, Hyperion and Dr. Um, Spectrum. Spectrum in, like, this astral form in the past, watching the events unfold where uh, Hyperion and the squadron killed Namor, um, and they're trying to figure out, like, what they're doing there, and we get to learn how they got there, how they could potentially get back, and then maybe, maybe they can change things and uh, maybe undead Namor. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see how that goes. And undead the rest him of, up. Yeah, and we'll see how that goes and the rest of the squadron uh, where they fall. So Thanos number one. Wow, long time in the making. Thanos getting his own book again. Written by Jeff Lemire. Uh, art by Mike Diodato, colors by Frank Martin, and as expected, it is a gorgeous book. We pick up with Corvus Glaive having taken over Thanos' kingdom, his planet. Huge mistake. Uh, Thanos, as, as always, and I like it says this on a big double page splash in big letters, Thanos returns. And that's what Thanos does in this issue. He comes back. He takes on Corvus's entire army. He shows impressive skills. He's virtually silent. Lemire gets Thanos. This is as if Barry Windham took over the Four Horsemen <laughs> when Nick Rick Flair went away, yeah. and then Rick comes back and he buries Windham. I feel in like, my head, this is like I feel a, like Rick's not as scary as Thanos though. He's not as imposing, but he's as he's like like his legendary, legendary like yeah. that status. I get you. I get you. Thanos just comes back and Glaive is just sitting there. I love his reaction. So, you have come back. <laughs> um, and then he goes, you have forfeited this sector. It is mine now, Thanos, and I am prepared to die for it. Thanos just goes, yes, you are. And then uh, we cut to Champion, our old buddy. My man. What's his name? Clobalabalabadab? Yeah, Clobalabarabarabar. Um, they say his name in here, but yeah, I can't remember what it is. Um it's ty- Trico Slatterus. Yeah, Trico. Trico Slatterus tracks down Star Fox, brother of Thanos, also known as Eros. Uh, he's in a pleasure den of some sort, using his pleasure, pleasure-inducing powers as one would assume he would. Yeah, just bone zoning it with Everyone, all everything. species, sexes, he races, whatever these things, you know, these Everyone creatures are. Everyone is welcome on planet Star Fox. Yeah. We go back to Thanos having his fight with Corvus. He just decimates his. I love that he gives Corvus the opportunity to basically commit Harry Carey and end it himself, which he does. Harry Carey! <laughs> See? It's a reference. And then Star Fox in his goofy uniform, uh, a company's champion, they're going to go back to Titan where Thane is at. Yeah. Thane, we might remember from uh, Thane. Ah. Thane is being seduced by uh, Spectre of Death, much in the way his father was. And is making plans to take down Daddy, and there's a reason he may actually be able to pull it off. Revealed on the final page, which was like a "say what" yeah. moment. 
Big say what moment. Totally. Say, say anything. Yes. All right. Up next is Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, number 14, uh, written by Ryan North, art by Erica Henderson and Rico Renzi. And uh, this is the final part of this, this storyline that's been going on for like a couple issues now. Yeah. Three, I think. Three. Yeah. Three or so. Whatever trace, it is. Trace issues. It's. It's been this awesome epic of Squirrel Girl and Nancy and Squirrel Girl's mom going to Squirrel Mom. Yep, going to Canada. Yep, uh, teaming up with Ant Man. They have angry Ant Man. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, he's annoyed. He gets no respect anyway. No, no. Uh, and they're facing off against um, Enigma, who is this dude who can make himself into smaller dudes. Uh, we get a lot of his backstory and information in here, and they use science to fight the fight, and it's really great. It's a second appearance of the Unlimited Class uh, Wrestling Federation in what this, a week. this week. What yeah, a week. It's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, lots of love for Canada. There's this moment in here where uh, we see Canadian versions of action mm. figures. Yes. Which I loved. The Mountie Adventure Iron Man, the Maple Syrup Harvest Black Widow. Mm -hmm. I want that so bad. Uh, the Maple Tree Forever Groot. Like, mm -hmm. these are great. Uh, I love this book. It's so great. It's the end of this uh, story arc. You gotta read it. Also, this past week, I read the graphic novel. Oh, the OGN? Yeah. How was uh, it? Uh, it's incredible. Uh, you have to read it. It is heartbreaking at points. Do you have a copy? A digital. You have a digital oh, copy. I have a digital copy. You do, Good because you get all the digitals automatically added yes, to your I account. Do. Yes, I do. So you can read that. Cool. I will and it's read great. It it's really, 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 really good. Awesome. Really good. I expect no less. You know what else is really, 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 really good? Uncanny and Human Son, number, issue number 15, written by Charles Soule. Pencils by R.B. Silva, inks by Adriano Di Benedetto, and colors by Java Tartaglia. This issue focuses on Frank McGee and his fallen partner, Oren, who we only had to meet briefly in the one issue she was in. Her daughters are now being cared for by Frank McGee because she lost her life at the hands of Maximus and inadvertently Black Belt. The daughters have a plan that involves Reader that is going to help their mom. How can they help their mom, Ben? She's dead, you just said. Well, you're going to have to read the issue to find out. How how much of a heartbreaker this book was. Yeah, this was a, oh, this was a tough one because... You knew what they wanted. You knew what they were going for. You just, if you've ever seen any movie or TV show or anything that deals with this type of thing, this type of bringing back from the dead, you know it never turns out well. Uh, but Reader uses his powers in a very interesting way. Uh, the results are a mixed bag, to say the least. So we've got an uh, old character, but a very new status quo. And I'm interested to see where she goes next issue. Yeah, very interesting. Totally. All right, last book of the week is Uncanny X-Men Annual, number one. Two stories. Two, two, two stories. stories. We've got the uh, first one, Balancing the Scales by Cullen Bunn, Ken Lashley, Nolan Woodard. Uh, and that one uh, focuses on our X-Men team, Magneto, Sabretooth, uh, Monet, and Archangel. Uh, they go to... Uh, Look after, see what's going on with one of these characters who's died. Mm -hmm. It's uh, Josh Foley, who is Elixir. Elixir. Um, now, if you're not familiar with him, he has the power to both heal, heal and, and kill. Destroy. Heal yeah. and destroy. Um, and he has come back from the dead. As actually, has, actually has the same power as one of the X-Men 2099. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Zion had that power. So maybe... Was he the one with the wings? He, no, he was... No. The metal one? No, he was the one... Uh, who looked like he had like a desert turban on. I don't remember him. No, you wouldn't have. Okay. Uh, anyway, not Zion, uh, not Zion comes back from the dead. But who knows? Maybe there's a tie. 
Colin Vaughn loves 90s comics. You never know. Uh, we find him at the ruins of Genosha mm. being really twisted, and it's dark. Rough and stuff. Ken Lashley does a nice job illustrating Oh, yeah. And it's, uh, you know, he's not in a good place not emotionally, mentally. He's upset he because... He died. Yeah, he died, and he was like... You could have checked on me sooner. Feels like the X-Men let it happen. The best part is, like, everybody comes back. Yeah. And he's like, well, Magneto's like, well, well. Magneto's come back from the dead multiple times. Oh, yeah. Um, There's uh, just craziness. And then, like, he's got these powers, and he's more amped up with his powers than ever Mm -hmm. before. So, naturally, with M-Pox going around and hurting and killing many mutants, he's like, you know going to try to use those powers. Magneto is basically using him as a, a weapon to try to fight this fight. Um, and things go a little sideways, as you would imagine. But we get to see, hopefully, uh, a good possibility for Elixir and for Mutant Kind uh, by the end of it. It puts him in an interesting place. I'm excited to see where that goes. The second story is a domino story mm-hmm. called Lady Luck, uh, written and uh, art by Anthony Piper, uh, and it's just terrific. It does it it's, all, man. It's really cool. Yeah, totally. It's uh, You've got uh, Domino uh, doing a job for Roberto da Costa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's, uh, you know, there's a lot of sound effects yeah. because she's shooting people with a silencer. A lot of that. Uh, it's great. It's violent. And it's a really terrific Domino she story. She gives a great explanation of her powers that I don't think has ever been used true, before. True, true, true. Um, she, has, she has a tricky power. Yes, yeah. it was really neat. It is too. to order pizza at any time of the Anytime. day. Yep. And if it's and if it's a half hour late, it's free. Hundred percent. That's Domino's. From, I'm not Domino. familiar. I used to work there. Wow! Yeah. Congratulations. You never know. All right. What do we got? Pick of the week. Oh boy, Captain America, Sam Wilson, number fifteen. That's what I figured. Yeah. Uh, I will sneak in there with Doctor Strange, number fourteen, oh, gross so bacon good. issue, because yeah. it was so gross. Amanda, what do you want to read? Um, Deadpool, I think. Yeah? That it sounds, sounds like right up your alley. Like a twisted ending. Yeah. Sounds fun. You are twisted. Yep. All right, available in collections this week. Avengers Epic Collection Volume 2, Once an Avenger. Civil War 2, Kingpin. Civil War 2, X-Men. Howard the Duck Volume 2, Good Night and Good Duck. Squadron Supreme Volume 2, Civil War 2. Uncanny X-Men Superior Volume 2, Apocalypse Wars and X-Men Wolverine Gambit. Which is Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale joint. Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale. Yeah. Back before they were Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Yeah. I mean, they were Jeff Loeb Old and school. Tim Sale. Yeah. But you know what I mean. Uh, so we, we talked about the books uh, that are out this week. But on top of that, we've got Doctor Strange, Punisher, Magic Bullets, Infinite Comic Number 2. I read that uh, because, like you, Ben, I yeah. get all the digital comics and I yeah, read them. I get all the digital comics. And uh, it's, it's great. Uh, it's... So John Punisher, Barber wrote that. Yeah, John Barber wrote it. Old it's, there's a lot of fun stuff in there. But Punisher uh, goes and he sort of kills some bad guys, as he does, and f- comes up to something that is supernatural. And so he enlists the help of Doctor Strange. And then it's the two of them sort of playing off of mm-hmm. each other. It's really good. There's explosions and death and explosions. Is there any demonic bacon involved? Mm-hmm. I think I've had all my, my fill there, of it. You know what? There's... Demons, oh, man. demons in a kitchen. Oh, in one scene. So this is becoming a theme. Quite possible. Yeah. There you yep. go. Uh, also, slapstick infinite comic number two is out this week. Yeah. I read that. It's got a uh, character that slapstick is facing who is from the same dimension as Ooh, him. Ooh, interesting. So it uh, it opens up some really interesting things. Um, slapstick is hoping that finding the keys to what's going on with him 
helps him uh, help Slapstick learn a little bit more about himself and maybe, uh, as he keeps referring to, uh, finding out more about his dingus and mm. getting that working again. I would love to find out more about his dingus. As would I. As also would, on Salem, as would we all. Also on Salem the Marvel app this week, we've got Aranya 1 through 12, Fantastic Four Annual number 11, Marvel 2-in-1 number 20, as well as Marvel 2-in-1 Annuals 1 and 5, New Excalibur 1 through 15, Featuring the writing of Frank Thierry. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, he did a few filling issues. Nice. Uh, New Mutants 48 through 54 from the original run. New Mutants Annual number 3. Power Pack 18 through 26. Uh, and X-Men Sword of the Braddocks number 1. Digital collections on sale this week. Avengers Epic Collection, Once an Avenger. Civil War II Kingpin. Civil War II X-Men. Howard the Duck Volume 2, Good Night and Good Duck. Mighty Thor Volume 2, Lords of Midgard. New Mutants Classic Volume 7, New Thunderbolts Volume 2, Modern Marvels, Power Pack Classic Volume 3, Squadron Supreme Volume 2, Civil War 2, Thing Freak Show, Thing Liberty Legion, and Uncanny X-Men Superior Volume 2, Apocalypse Wars. Yeah. All right. On Marvel Unlimited this week, we have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. number 5, All New All Different Avengers number 9, All New X-Men number 9, Black Panther number 2, 2 series of Damage Control, the mm. uh, 1989 and 1991 series. So that's awesome. Dark Hawk, numbers 1 through 9. Uh, so you 90s folks, get up in that. Completists. Get on your feet. Uh, Darth Vader, number 20. Deadpool, number 11. Guardians of Infinity, number 6. Guardians of the Galaxy, number 8. Gwenpool, number 2. Hawkeye, 1 through 4 from 1983. It's a Mark Grunewald joint. Ooh. Written and drawn. Ooh. Yeah. Illuminati, number seven. Red Widow, first strike. Number one. Silk, number eight. Thunderbolts, number one. Ultimates, number seven. Uncanny Inhumans, number eight. Uncanny X-Men, number seven. Venom, Space Knight, number seven. Vision, number seven. Web Warriors, number seven. X-Men 92, number three. And X-Men Icons, Iceman, one through four. Yeah, that's a uh, written by Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning, drawn by Carl Kershaw. With, I believe, some Scotty Young in there as well. All off the top of your head. Young Scotty Young. Yep, all off the top of my head. Good job. Permanently embedded. Yeah. Uh, how about some news? And now, from Marvel headquarters, it's This Week in Marvel News. All right, news. Big news in comics. Are you ready, Ryan, to go running with the? De you were running last weekend. Yeah. Are you ready to go running with the devil? No, I think I'm ready to go running with the devil. Yes. Uh, Daredevil is getting a little bit of a little bit of a family come February. Uh, Kingpin, Bullseye, and Elektra all getting their own books. Not not the kind of family not I'd the like. The kind of family. But you know you want. what? You can't choose your family. No, your family chooses you mm -hmm. or something. Sure. Um, anyways, we have interviews with the full creative teams on all four of the books, including Charles Soule on Daredevil. It's going to be very cool. They're uh, going to tie into each other. They're also going to have their own stuff going on for uh, Bullseye and Kingpin. This is a unique chance to kind of see the villains as the heroes of the story. I know your boy Matt Rosenberg is writing Kingpin. Uh, Matt Owens is writing uh, Bullseye. And then Electra, uh, the name escapes. Ed Brisson. Ed Brisson is writing Bullseye, and Matt Owens, who I said was writing Bullseye, is writing Electra. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be huge. Uh, we're really excited about that in February. Also coming early next year, 
Darth Maul getting his own Star Wars series. Do you have a song for this one? My name is Darth Maul. I like to eat balls. Whoa. Like meatballs. Yeah, meatballs. Darth Maul eating meatballs. Uh, Colin Vine and Luke Ross are going to take care of that one. It's a great creative team. Rod Rice had a beautiful cover. We spoke to them about that. Over in games, Baron Mordo has made his way from the big screen to your tablet or your phone or whatever you play Contest of Champions on. You can now play as Baron Mordo. I play it on both, my tablet or my phone. There you go. Also, in Marvel Puzzle Quest, we have the debut of Agent Venom, Flash Thompson as Venom, now available in the game. Yes. Um, and I don't think we talked about it last week. In the live events area, uh, we released some information on the Iron Man experience. Mm, the Iron Man experience, yeah. yes. Coming to Disneyland Hong Kong. Hong Kong and Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> Exciting stuff. You can check out a video and some other information. Uh, that's pretty cool. I'm excited for that. Mm. Uh, so let's now uh, wait before we kick it over to the West Coast. Remind you that this episode is brought to you by Loot Crate. Mm-hmm. Loot Crate is launching its Love second, it. its second Marvel gear and goods crate. They're serving up some of our favorite minds from the Marvel Universe to outfit our lab. You know what the lab is? No, I don't. Tell me more. The kitchen, Ben. <gasps> and we're doing it in true heroic fashion. The crate filled with home goods and unique apparel featuring Hulk, Iron Man, Ant Man, Spider Man, and we already. In- uh, yeah, we did put this up on uh, Thwip the Big Marvel Show. Let's hope so. The Black Panther um, apron. Oh, cool. That we, we revealed one of the items. That's awesome. Uh, so you could check out what the apron looks like. It's it's actually image pulled from comics. Did it say Kiss the Panther? No, but it should. That would be great, right? Yeah. Talk to the people at Loot Crate. Totally. But it's a great... Let's get uh, a recall on these. <laughs> it's a great apron. Uh, so for thirty nine ninety nine. All the stuff in there, you get that. Uh, it's about an $80 value of really cool stuff in the uh, second Marvel gear and goods crate from Loot Crate. So you can give your kitchen the Marvel upgrade at lootcrate.com slash Marvel. Use promo code MARVELPOD, M-A-R-V-E-L-P-O-D, to save $3 off your first Marvel gear and goods subscription today. Um, and as you see, I, the first, you know, Crate came out. We loved it. It's got the robe. It's got all kinds of other stuff in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you're going to want to keep on these because it's pretty great. Pretty great stuff. Yeah. We got some pretty great stuff lying ahead. We got uh, Christine and Mark out on the West Coast. We have an interview myself and Sniggles did with the author of our young adult Iron Man book. We've got both of those coming out. And then we'll be back with your <gasps> questions and comments. Oh. It's the West Coast, show me in the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me in the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me in the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, baby. Yeah. Hello this week in Marvelites. This is Marvel.com editor Mark Strom, joined by... Christine Din, assistant editor for Marvel.com. And we are Stromstein, and you are joining us on our Steel Wheels tour. We are in sunny... Orlando, Florida. Is that what Flor- Floridians sound like? No, that's what Germans sound like. It's my <laughs> German accent. I don't do it accents. I don't do accents. It Everything went, about me deteriorates strong, at the and then end. It went, like, where are you going? Yeah, that's kind of the story of my life. <laughs> um, just really make a splash and then kind of dog pal a little bit in circles and <laughs> she's like wait what are you doing down there bud i'm like i don't know life oh. is hard um what do we got going on this week 
Uh, oh, big news. Big, yeah. big news. Marvel's The Inhumans coming to ABC and IMAX. That's right. IMAX. We, uh, it's the first ever deal of this kind. Um, uh, Marvel's The Inhumans will be coming to ABC in the fall of next year, 2017. But ahead of that, the uh, first two episodes, or a version of the first two episodes, will play in IMAX theaters across the country exclusively for a two-week period. It's awesome. That is very awesome. I'm very excited. That's pretty much all I can tell you about right now. Um, (laughs) But it's very, very cool news. Uh, I'm very, very excited for it. I've got some... uh, I know... I know more than I'm saying, and uh, I'm very excited all for for all of it. It's something that I think will be really, really cool. Something that uh, no one's ever really seen. Well, obviously, no one's ever seen this before because no one's no one's done this before. It's like when we announced uh, our four or five series deal with Netflix uh, three or four three years ago, several years ago. Yeah. 2013. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like three, three and a half years yeah. ago, something like that. Um, so this is all very exciting, um, very cool, very lots of exciting stuff that I get to work on, which makes me happy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's really all we can say about that news at this time. Um, well, cool. Some other, some other. TV news, Marvel's Luke Cage is nominated for a People's Choice Award mm-hmm. for in the category of favorite... Fantasy sci- sci-fi series. Fantasy, favorite sci-fi, fantasy sci-fi series. Sorry, my voice Blah. is gone. Blah. And yeah. I'm incapable of using <laughs> words. So. Uh, so you have one month to vote. Yes. You have until December 15th. You can cast as many ballots as you want. So I would just do, you know, like every hour on the hour. Just, just spam them. Spam, spam yeah. them with your Luke Cage love. For like a whole entire month because this is a series to support. Uh, Crushing it. Yes. And in addition to that, we've got some other Marvel nominations, big mm-hmm. Marvel nominations um, at the People's Choice Awards. Captain America Civil War mm-hmm. is nominated for favorite movie and favorite action movie. Right. And then uh, some of our stars are nominated in different categories. Yeah, Chris, Chris Evans. Ab- Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. are for favorite action movie stars, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Same with Scarlett Johansson for our favorite action um, actress. We also have Samuel L. Jackson, Chris Hemsworth. So a lot of different categories for all of them. Yeah. And Zoe Saldana. Yes, yes. So go check it out. Uh, give, just a, vote. give our cast our support. Uh, and yeah. So there's all that news that happened. Um, trying to think. Of course, Marvel Studios' Doctor Strange still in theaters. It was right. number one again at the box office last weekend, if I'm not mistaken. It was, right? It yes. Was. Yeah, yes, it was. It was. It was. Um, go, go out, see that again. And. Um, we have some junket interviews. Oh yes, um, we posted some Marvel. interviews. Yep, yep. Uh, we posted interviews with um, Benedict Cumberbatch, Benedict Wong, Tom Swin, and Mads Nicholson. And Scott Derrickson. And Scott Derrickson. Well, I don't think that one made it to Marvel.com, but it's on YouTube, on YouTube and yeah. on our social channels. I like this thing where I just start sentences and Christina, Christine <laughs> finishes them. Yes. <laughs> it helps when I call her by her right name. Um. 
What else do we have? Um, we have a new episode of Marvel's Avengers Ultron Revolution this Sunday at 8.30 a.m. on Disney XD. It's where World War Hulk. Pretty much Red Hulk is on a rampage threatening to destroy a whole entire town and the Avengers need to stop them. Wait, but the Hulk's green. But this one's like red, like red for anger, you know? But Green Hulk is angry. But this one is like evil angry. Have you ever read a comic or seen a movie? The Hulk is green. Yeah. All right, this bit was boring the <laughs> when we did it last week, and it's boring when we're doing it this week as well, so I'm going to yeah. cut you off. So that'll be um, the last animation show, but then we have winter break, and then we'll be back. All right. Um, I think that more or less covers everything. We will hope, hopefully finally have some more uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. Uh, behind-the-scenes featurettes very soon. I'm working on those actively. Um, so hopefully you will be able to see more of that soon. Oh my, sorry, I'm yawning now. It's, it's like already, it's only 11 in the morning as we record this. I'm already yawning. This is a good like sign. it's like gloomy and foggy outside. Yeah. And um, just and of course, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. returns in, uh, or rather on November 29th at 10, 9 central so on ABC. We get half away. Uh, as we sort of start to really ramp up towards the conclusion of this uh, first story arc for the uh, for the season, so you can uh, look forward to that. And I think that's all we have, right, Christine? Yes. Great. So next up, we're kicking you back to New York. Uh, Mr. Ben Morse, Benjamin J. Morse, Esquire, <laughs> will be chatting with uh, Owen Colfer. Uh, about Iron Man. Who is who, about Iron Man? He's a writer. who will be talking about Iron Man. So stay tuned for that. And now welcome to this week in Marvel, our very special guest. Hey everybody, welcome back to This Week in Marvel, the official Marvel podcast. I am Marvel editorial director of digital media Ben Morse, and I'm joined by Owen Colfer. Owen, how are you doing? I'm doing good, uh, Ben. I'm a little overwhelmed by all the Iron Man images. <laughs> and yeah, we're in the Iron Man room, which is appropriate, yeah. as you wrote an Iron Man novel for us. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, I've been an Iron Man fan since the very early days when his uh, armor was more or less a barrel. Yeah. And I kind of liked that guy because it, it showed a, a huge amount of ingenuity with limited resources to put that together. Uh, and when I was younger... I used to. I wanted to be a cartoon, a comic book artist mm-hmm. and writer, but I never got to the level of art needed. Uh, but I kept on with the writing. So when they called me last year and said, "Would you do um, an Iron Man novel?" You know, I played it all cool. I said, "Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I might do that." And uh, but uh, yeah, so I jumped at the chance and. Um, I decided if I was going to do it, as you can tell from my accent, I'm Irish. Yeah. So I decided if I was going to do it, that I would have to bring um, Tony Stark across to Ireland. Very nice. So, so where does the uh, plot of the book find us when it picks up? Well, we pick up. Um, I wanted to nail Tony down as a, a guy in his late 40s or mid to late 40s. So we we just do a little flashback at the beginning where Tony's having... Uh, conversation with his dad and uh, in my in my mind Tony was you know had the flock of seagulls here too yeah of course <laughs> and he, you know he was 
he was wearing all the the weird shirts that buttoned down the side yeah. and he thought he was the coolest thing ever and I just thought that was a nice way to kind of nail him down in a time mm-hmm. but from there we go straight into the action and the good thing about doing a Marvel book is usually when you write a fantasy novel you have to spend uh, a good third of the book setting up setting everything up yeah. but with this I literally pulled back catapult and flew him out of the suit straight yes. away like he, you come in and he's in the air yeah. uh, straight away on his way to Ireland so that was nice and everybody everybody in the world knows who Iron Man is yeah. so you don't have to say this is a guy you know who, whose parents died in a car crash and he inherited a company you don't have to say any of that then no, everybody knows everybody yeah. knows so I never mentioned any of that and nobody has been puzzled yet so, so what kind of challenges does Tony face in, over the course of the novel well in, over the course of the novel he, he faces two challenges one is a very physical challenge which is like the actual gauntlet where he has to get from one side of an island to another side through a band of terrorists mm. with only one gauntlet oh, okay. and the rest of his uh, equipment is gone yeah. and all he's been left with is this one uh, glove that's not even really working properly yeah. uh, and the second is a, is a more mental gauntlet where he has to realise uh, that there's more to helping people than his agenda for helping people so he thinks well what I'm doing is I'm trying to rid the world of the Stark Industries uh, weapons that have been sold off illegally Mm -hmm. but there's a lot more that needs to be done and he kind of brushes aside someone with a genuine cause Mm. Uh, so she decides she will she will take control of the Iron Man armor and do it herself so uh, but she's manipulated by one of his old uh, nemesis who takes the armor for himself but I'd, it's not as complicated as that makes it sound no, but what Tony has to re- Tony has to realise you know I can't just around the world being a smart aleck yeah. and do what I want to do sometimes I have to do what's good for everybody yeah. else it's interesting that you say that one of the themes is kind of him trying to reclaim the yeah. Stark Industries weaponry because I feel like from Armor Wars and yeah. a bunch of like some somewhat in the movies yeah. that's a consistent theme yeah. in Iron Man stories is kind of pain for the sins of the past yeah, why do you think yeah. that resonates so well I think it resonates with everybody uh, you know that you feel that guilt is a very strong motivator mm-hmm. and I think with with the movies and with the comics his guilt has been peeled away layer by layer initially you just think uh, that he's he, he feels bad for what his dad did but now you've, in this book you find out he feels bad that he didn't establish a better relationship with his father when mm-hmm. they were alive, that maybe he could have tried to influence him in other ways. So he feels a little bit responsible uh, himself, and that's what, what keeps him going. So when he sees this young girl who has an amazing relationship with her own sister and with her grandfather and who's prepared to do anything to maintain that relationship, it makes him look back on his old um, on his relationship with his dad and his mom and when he's knocked out a couple of times he has this really spooky dream where his dad comes back to him and, oh, and uh, talks to him about Duran Duran and it's very weird <laughs> very weird and trippy and, uh, but he gets a little he, all, he gets a little bit of closure by helping this other girl mm-hmm. but it's not kind of in, in a soppy uh, you know fairy tale princess way like mm-hmm. this, is, this girl is a, is a serious operator mm. and she can code as well as him cool. and she takes over one of his uh his AI personas and insert yourself into the suit so it's all very it's all it's for all very high tech and I had to seek out advice 
as to how to go about writing that because I'm not very high tech myself. <laughs> what are some of the Iron Man comics that influenced your writing, like some stuff either yeah. you grew up with or encountered later on? Well, the very early ones. I mean, I would have been reading them from the very beginning. Sure. Uh, so Tales uh, of Suspense. Yeah, all, all that kind of thing. Yeah. But I think the 70s, the 70s stuff, um, with the stuff where Tony had his real troubles, mm, you yeah. know, when Tony uh, was uh, was drinking a lot, which mm-hmm. is he has doesn't do anymore. I don't think, as far as not, I know, not not too often. Not no. yeah, not not too often. But at, at one point, he was kind of gone down a very dark road, and mm-hmm. I really liked that because I felt, you know, there's always this talk about DC and Marvel, and for me, Marvel always had real characters because they were had problems, mm-hmm. like. I don't want to badmouth other people, but I, no, felt, I felt that you know, these like Superman didn't really have any problems. Like right. occasionally, someone would throw a green rock at him, you know. Right. And then Batman, <laughs> his his problem was kind of manufactured so that yeah. he would have drive, but it never really went any deeper than that. Right. But Iron Man, on a daily basis, he was struggling against this addiction, mm-hmm. and also these metal shards were moving closer to his heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I felt and Spider-Man had that as well where he right. had all these powers but he still his anime still wouldn't let him out at night mm-hmm. you know and he still had school trouble all the time mm-hmm. he could never get a girlfriend so I really I you know identified with that yeah. and, uh, and, I, and, and Iron Man for me even though he was a rich billionaire he still he was never happy I mean mm-hmm. he, he used to put on this facade of you know I'm out with the girls I'm at a party but he was never he was never happy and he still isn't happy I think in the modern comics He's still not. He's never happy. Our characters don't stay happy for very long. No, it's kind of uh, yeah. it's kind of our trademark. It is a trademark, but funnily, even though the characters don't stay happy, the movies and comics are hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> that that people don't realize how hard that is. Well, I was going to ask. That yeah. was my next question. How important yeah. was it to kind of incorporate the Tony Stark humor into the book? Well, I think that might have been one of the reasons I was asked. Oh, cool. Because I do that's kind of uh, in my series I'm best known for which is the Artemis Fowl series mm-hmm. it, it's kind of there's a lot of banter in it but underneath the character is kind of tortured and Tony has that as well mm-hmm. he has all the quick fire wit but, but underneath it, it it kind of comes from a place of pain and uh, that can make things very dark so you have to kind of trip over the top of that and uh, try and keep the banter light so my Tony is very He's always uh, cracking wise, but usually it's to gain him a few seconds. Right. You know, at one point the villain's approaching him with a very big sword, and he's mm-hmm. he's making jokes all the time because he's just desperately trying to see what he can do in this situation. Uh, and even as he hurls himself off a cliff, possibly to be killed, he you mm-hmm. know he says something funny on the way down, <laughs> just to get himself uh, focused or or to d- distract somebody else. Right. So it's not just. Uh, he's not just being cavalier right. insane you know psychotically cavalier he's he's actually using it as a chess master might use sacrificing a pawn and that's right. for him he throws out a comment and it makes his enemies think he's an idiot right. and then they underestimate him you mentioned the Armist Fowl series yeah. that you did how does Tony compare to some of your other lead characters um, he's he's a little bit darker I don't it, it was great for me to be able to do an adult uh, hero in in the sci-fi fantasy genre because mm-hmm. most of my other heroes have been have been kids 15, yeah, 16 and, and all the adults have been baddies you the know, bad guys. Bad guys. Yeah. so it was great for me to be able to do a grown up but I people have said that my Tony Stark is kind of almost like a grown up Artemis Fowl oh. 
even though Tony's not a villain, he's not averse to bending the law sure. to get his own way. And that continues in the in the latest comic books. You know, yeah, he's not, he is certainly not above. Um, yeah, he'll do whatever it takes. Yeah, and then this is, is pretty much the same. Um, he's kind of breaking international law by investigating this place in the first place. Mm. Uh, and he shouldn't even have he in my book he makes his armor with a 3D printer so which he keeps on his boat oh cool which he's not supposed to have there why have we never done that I don't know I was sure you so if you do you know where I can no, you know I was sure I looked into that because I thought no I was in someone's house in Los Angeles and he used to work in the game business and he had a 3D, a 3D printer and I said why wouldn't why wouldn't I say and then I that? saw they're making prosthetic hands now with 3D oh, printers man. and I thought it Makes seems sense. Logical. Yeah. So he has this on his yacht, which he yeah. calls the Tan Grisnir, just to annoy Thor, because that's Thor's <laughs> chariot. And uh, he just prints up when he needs a battle suit. He prints one up, even though he's not supposed to have one in international waters. So uh, awesome. I'll, he he will do what, whatever it takes. So uh, he, he's prepared to go as far as it takes. And and I kind of like that about the character. Mm -hmm. Gives you a bit of license. Yeah. You mentioned Spider-Man earlier, yeah. uh, and when we were going around and taking the tour of Marvel, you, yeah. you kind of pointed out you had a lot of old Spider-Man comics and yeah. liked the character a lot. Uh, what are the other? Who are the other characters besides Iron Man who really speak to you from the Marvel pantheon? Um, I, lo I love uh, Wolverine, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Who doesn't? And I think uh, Old Man Logan accounts uh, is one of my favorite comics. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I totally love it. And I'm and I thought the trailer for Logan yeah. looks. Looks pretty good. Incredible. Yeah. So I will definitely go and see that. Uh, I like some of the newer Doctor Strange stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, in, back in the 70s, I didn't like him. I thought it was a bit hokey. Uh, and, I, and I didn't like the sidekick. But now, they've redone it, and it's re really cool and special. And, and, and I like they've taken a funny approach to it as well, yeah. uh, which is good. I like some of the lesser... I've always liked people who are not maybe, you know, the front man. Like, I like War Machine. Uh, mm -hmm. especially in the movies I think mm -hmm. Don Cheadle is fantastic and, yeah. uh, I'd love to see him get his own thing someday and uh, so there's there's so much to choose from we were looking at the poster of all yeah, the, Mar yeah, the Marvel yeah, yeah. characters out there that took five years to paint yeah. and I was thinking wow I know nearly all of these yeah, guys I know it's cool right yeah. when you can name them all but I'm drawn a lot to, to villains as well yeah. and I always like Craven. Uh, he, mm. he was a good one Craven's one of my favourite Spider-Man yeah. villains yeah. he's actually one of my favourite villains yeah he's, he's great because he's so kind of basic in mm -hmm. that there's no real machinations to him he's just no, he raw, just comes right at you raw male testosterone <laughs> and he, you know it's just for him every battle like if he's going to a door it's a battle to the death with the door yeah everything <laughs> is you know it's, it's there's you don't you can't misinterpret anything he says no it's all there's no subtext yeah it's yeah. all text so uh, yeah i like i like him and he's he, he reminds me of a kind of a lee marvin character in those mm -hmm. old movies where he's just going to keep coming all the time That's awesome. uh, so i really like that all right, to wrap up here, where can people find you online? Where can they get more information about the book? And what do you have coming up? Uh, if you want to find me online, I'm just at owncolfer.com or I'm on Facebook, uh, Owen Colfer or Twitter, at Owen Colfer. I believe if you go on to the uh, if you go on to the Disney site, you can read it. You can read a couple of chapters, oh, cool. and that should give you a nice taster of what to expect. And uh, after this, I have um, coming up. Um, I'm doing a graphic novel about uh, the illegal immigration problem from, well, it's not illegal, the immigration problem from uh, North Africa to oh, okay. to Italy. So it's a more serious, yeah. serious subject. For so sure. it's something different for me. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. And we'll see you guys next time. This is Marvel, your universe. Questions and comments. 
right, we're back. Ooh, Time for uh, this a week of Millerville questions and uh, comments. We already have a theme for this yeah. section, so you yep. just did a redundant. Totally. Theme. All right. I'm excited. Very excited. Yeah. First up, we've got Conventioner saying guest host Joe Tabs crushing on this week in Marvel. Great episode. I heard a lot of praise for Joe Tabs uh, coming from various people on the internet, but mostly coming from Joe himself. <laughs> he was effusive <laughs> with his praise of his own work. That uh, seems about par for the course. Yeah, he, he thought he did a great job. Yep. So uh, I have to believe him. Speaking about Joe, Danny Thorne says, loved Joe Tabs. He was great. Which is great. Now we know another person. Yeah, now we, can we know pull who's in. guest hosting. Yeah. It's when you're in Timbuktu or wherever you go next time. You know I'm going to be traveling a bunch yep. all the time, forever. Travel life. Yes. DVT Trader said, New Avengers 22, still so good. He's referring back to the uh, Civil War tie-in issue of New Avengers that featured Luke Cage. I remember this like it was yesterday. Yep. Drawn by Lanil Yu, written by Brian Bendis. An all-timer as far as great single issues. It was recently reprinted in a Luke Cage trade paperback oh, yeah? of like, cool. you know, like greatest Luke Cage stories or something like that. And I was just flipping through it, and I couldn't help myself but read the entire story again. Mm. It's just one of those that, like, pulls you. It's it's like a great show. Like, if I flip around and Scrubs is on or Golden Girls right. is on, I am the automatically. The pillars of, of media. Yeah, yeah, totally. I am going to automatically stop what I'm doing and watch this. Did I tell you when I met John C. McGinley? No. Yes, I did. Did you? He gave me a hug at the New York Comic Con. You were devastated because uh, you were out of the room. Did you meet Donna, Donald Faison? No. Do you want me? To, do you want me to show you a picture of me and Donald Faison sure. being excited together? Sure. I can show it to you All later. Right, let's take yeah. a look at it later. All right. Let's keep going here. We got uh, DJ Fanko. I am by no measure a wrestling fan, but I have to say I thoroughly enjoyed J.K. Parkins' tag team turmoil article. And what this was was before, in anticipation of the Captain America Sam Wilson book came out this week, I had J.K. Parkin, John Parkin, uh, who is also a wrestling fan, basically pick out the archetypes of different tag teams, including D-Man. So you had, like, the cocky heels. You had the up-and-coming young baby face. And I just said, who from the Marvel Universe would you pair him with? And he just came up with scenarios. That's great. And it was wonderful. I like that. And I'm glad to see it got some love because it was a great article, and I was the one who came up with the name Tag Team Turmoil. So <laughs> that is that not a TNA thing? No, it's a WWE thing. WWE. <laughs> yeah, I just threw it in there. I said, Captain America, Tag Team Turmoil. Uh, before you go on, we should mention that we have a new news section. Yeah. Uh, we redesigned the team here. Well, we didn't redesign it. No, but the we team. Did, we did nothing. Well, well, we gave some notes. We gave a we lot of notes. We pushed it in directions. You know what? You're right. We did design it. <laughs> Basically, we designed a new section. No, You're welcome, everyone. The uh, Marvel Digital Product and Design team helped us uh, come up with this new section for news. So uh, it's a lot easier for our team to make stuff, but Heck it's also yeah. going to be a better way for you guys who are listening. If you go to marvel.com um, for news, you'll be able to see a lot more, experience a lot more, and easily get and share all the news you want. It's news.marvel.com. It's news you can use. That's You stole that from something. Nope. Just came up with it off the top of my Great. head. Great. You snooze, you lose. News. <laughs> all right. Another one from DJ Fanko. Color me super hyped to Paul Allor said, hey, so I'm ready in Monsters Unleashed tie-in for Marvel featuring the Inhumans art by Brian Level. It's going to be freaking awesome. Do you know who Paul Allor is? He's a writer. Apparently, well, thank you. You're welcome. Apparently a writer of stuff. Crushed uh, it. DJ Fanko also loved every mind-bending moment of Doctor Strange. What a fun ride with a fantastic finale. That's what we like to hear. Yeah. Fenster77, got to start my morning rocking a vote and an awesome podcast featuring my bud, Joe Tabs. You got to be over the moon, dude. <laughs> 
probably written before the election results came back. 100%. Uh, <laughs> uh, GSG, yeah. uh, Ginger Snap Gang says, first time listening to This Week in Marvel, loved geeking out with Agent M and Joe Tabs. Hashtag wow. nerds of my dreams. Joe, Joe Tabs is just taking over. It's great. It's, it's really intimidating. Haywood, uh, our boy, says, my pick for October 26th is New Avengers 17. Great spy-fi action. Is that a thing? Uh, now it is. Nice. Great spy-fi action. Excellent team dynamics. What more can you ask? We, we can't. Money. Yeah. Haywood says his pick for uh, November 2nd is Champions Number 2, Campfire Stories and Macking. Oh, yeah, Campfire Stories and Macking by Mark Wade and Umberto Ramos, so what made comics fun. And he says his pick for November 9th is Uncanny Avengers 16. It's a trifecta of Jerry Duggan, Goodness, Voodoo, Deadpool, and the Hulk. It sounds like a band. Voodoo, Deadpool, and the Hulk. Like an old folk band from the 70s when i was uh when i was a kid i remember there was a um, this would go a ska punk band called the voodoo glow skulls there which i go. listened to a lot it's close yeah close enough jeff lambert so excited that moon knight drawn by bill sinkevich is now on marvel unlimited yeah yeah we're unlimited taking care of you guys jody friendship is dope really can't believe you guys would promote drug use <laughs> shame shame <laughs> just kidding keep up the good work <laughs> uh also uh 1,000 twin points to Jody for having the username Tolkien fan forever. Yeah. Yeah. What I've a, got two Lord of the Ring or two uh, lo, to, Tolkien tattoos. So what, what? What a nerd. Um, yeah. J- Joey Dumont. Joey Dumont says, thanks, Agent M and Joe Tabs. You guys cheered me up. I'm glad you, we did. You and Joe turned things around for him. For at least a couple minutes. Hopefully. Josh Cooper Alcoholic beverages and self-loathing. Me thinks the Odin son needs to see a dietitian. <laughs> Is a dietitian really the best person? I to think. I think he probably that? needs to talk. Just have someone he can talk to. Yeah, just a therapist. You or know. Something. Yeah. Just a friend. Or a friend. There's resources out there. There he could be. He could be using them. He's got plenty of friends in the Avengers. They would love to talk to him. Totally. But a dietitian. I don't know. That's, mm. it seems crazy. Spider-Woman number 13 is all of the bad told exceptionally good. Guess the C-list isn't all it's Aww. cracked up to be. It's so sad. Hmm. Uh, I don't even want to talk about it. Augustin Alessio's cover of Occupy Avengers number one is insanely good. Picked up the book just for that. Didn't disappoint. Uh, Augustin Alessio's, Alessio is a very underrated cover artist. Does some great work for us. I'm glad someone shouted him out. And I love hearing that uh, a great cover can inspire yep. someone to pick up a comic and book. I enjoyed the book. Yeah, which super cool. We're very glad to hear that, Josh. Yeah. Wait, did Champions 2 spoil the end of Death of X? Has another comic revealed the fate of old Scott? Um, since the beginning of All New, All Different Marvel, we have have not been shy about the fate of Scott Summers of Cyclops. We just don't know how we get there. Uh, the how is being explored right now in Death of X and in Humans vs. X-Men. But no, it was, already, uh, it was already out there. That info was out there. So nothing new. Nice try. Who do we talk to about getting more comics with Jerry, the underpowered hypochondriac? I don't remember what this was. Yeah, I'm trying to. I've been racking my brain for this one. I'm, I'm sure it's. We read so many comics. I'm sorry, I Josh. I, I know it's something hilarious that we said, but we say we have so much gold. It's hard. <laughs> okay. Um, since Ben J. Morse and Agent M mentioned it on this week in Marvel, I'm now dreamcasting Luis Guzman as Senor Magico in Doctor Strange 2. Did we mention Luis Guzman? No. I don't think we did. No. Because that is brilliant. Perfect casting. I love that. Well, I would say either Luis Guzman or John Leguizamo. I can see John Leguizamo really getting into it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Some dreamcasting. Uh, Luis Guzman is pretty good, though. Yeah. It's hard to top. Yeah. 
Uh, Kelsey Knobloch says, I'd buy literally any This Week in Marvel merch y'all put out, especially a Friendship is Dope shirt. I ha- Please remind me to, to actually talk to somebody about okay. this. Amanda, it's on you. Because I just forget when yeah. we leave this room. It's, it's So much gets forgotten when we, lo- we leave this room. <laughs> uh, Kelsey also says, I blame This Week in Marvel for getting me hooked on Marvel Tsum Tsum. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, let us pray, which is... Great little pun right there. Uh, says, love the show. Love Joe Tabs. Everyone loves Joe Tabs. Yeah. It's enough to give someone an inferiority complex. <laughs> uh, not me. Matthew Ray <laughs> says, catching up and loving episode 262 of This Week of Marvel with Joe Tabs. Those freaking Tabs. Attention Marvel, many, more Joe Tabs. Hold on. Attention Marvel, more Joe Tabs and bring back the Fantastic Four. Those equal equal demands. How many false Twitter accounts did Joe, Joe Tabarelli create? <laughs> this is a man who, when I first met him, asked me how much it costs to get a hashtag on Twitter. <laughs> and now he's dominating social media. That's right, Joe Tabs. I know your darkest secret, and I'm putting it out there for everyone to use. Oh, that's terrific. It was great. We were in a meeting. It was hilarious. Oh, I love it. Um, Megan Carver. Love Doctor Strange. Loved it. And this week in Marvel Podcast with Joe Tabs and Agent M. <laughs> oh, I am just enjoying this fully because you know it's gonna happen again when i'm out of town and it's you and joe and it's gonna be the same thing it's gonna be be great five of my favorite mutants on one page and death of x number three awesome colossus magneto wolf spain rock slide and warpath what a five that is truly the the dream team of x-men i love warpath has john walker i love warpath too has john walker ever been a u.s agent of shield i don't think so that would ever work for shield i don't know but that like that's money in That's the bank. Money in the bank right there. Uh, I have an appointment, and then we get a nice picture of their Doctor Strange ticket stub. I like that you hashtag Georgia Theater Company. It sounds like it's a, but it sounds like it's a theater production of Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange of Marvel's Doctor Strange. Because I'm excited about that. I would love to go see the Georgia Theater Company put on uh, Doctor Strange. Yeah, and a, a little free promotion for a show called Oh Hello in New York. Oh. You should go see it. Immediate. Is this another one of those things where you tell me to go see it and then I go look for the tickets and they're like a thousand bucks? It's not that expensive. I got reasonable? our tickets for fifty nine. All right, I can do that. Um, and reasonable. I will send you a video. They had, uh, they had Seth Rogen on, oh. and they they. You who, know, is, who are the two guys who do this again? Nick Kroll and John Mulaney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I showed it to John Cirilli yesterday, yeah. and he was dying. It's, and, and I was wearing a t shirt from the show yeah. yesterday, so I was. I'm just I'm really high on it, you guys. Yeah, it's, it's so really, good. And it's, it's only really, around for like two more months. It's really he's not laughing a lot lately. No, so that's he's not. something. He is grumpy as hell. Yeah. Um, Raph AB <laughs> says, the Inhumans news. Oh, you is skipped I'm, Penelope Cat. Oh, I'm sorry. Penelope Cat says, so excited to see Damage Control on Marvel Universe. Future Twim URC selection? Uh, uh, yeah, on, on Marvel Unlimited. Marvel that sounds like a really good idea. Twim URC pick. Next yeah. week we got Nova. After that, who knows? Three issues, don't worry. Okay. You can read it in the afternoon. Raph AB says, The Inhumans news is amazing. Now I can only hope for some kind of simulcast for this show. Well, you never mm. know, Raph. There's, mm. We got time. We got time. Mm. Uh, and he says, I must say that uh, uh, Marguerite Savage's art in Renew Your Vows was beautiful, felt a little manga inspired. Hmm. Hmm. Looks very nice. Rob Nolan, very, very happy to be adding Mockingbird to the bookshelf. Love Chelsea Kane's run. Wish there was more. Wait, renew your vows. What? Isn't that Stegman? Yeah, yeah the backup story. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, great edition. Mockingbird's a great edition at any bookshelf. I wish there was more Mockingbird coming out. Uh, definitely. 
Huge thanks to Joe Tabs from Marvel for pointing me in the direction of a Black Panther trade paperback in response to a Twim tweet. Yeah, the, the best part was Joe, after this, he saw this. We couldn't answer it there so in the during the podcast, and he came and he's like, what would we do? do we, can I just go answer him? How, I was like, yeah, Joe, just go answer him. That's fine. And he was he was like, I'm on it. He's, he gets very excited. Yeah. Very excited. Thanks to oh, – this is the kind of tweet I like. <laughs> Thanks to Ben J. Morse. And this week in Marvel 261, I'm going to have What Is It That Disturbs You, Steven? What stuck in my head in a you, weird Steven? voice. So, score one for me. Yeah. Take that, Joe You did Tabs. it. You got one. Robert says, Gotta give my pick of the week for 1026 to Doctor Strange, Mystic Apprentice. Cool to see the training of this unique hero. Giving my pick for 11-2 to Occupy Avengers. Great book. Can't wait to see where it goes. Hawkeye goes from here. R.I.P. Hulk. Never forget. Pick of the week for 11-9. Captain America Steve Rogers number 7. Can't wait to see where it goes. What a surprise ally to see. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Uh, Scott McElroy, Dr. Spidey, we don't hear a lot from these days. Yeah, come back, Dr. Spidey. He says, man, reading Clone Conspiracy number 2 was a breath of fresh air on this post-election day nightmare. Thanks, comics. It's true, man. You need to retreat to a world where clones are being created by an evil mastermind and uh, being set against the heroes will we'll take you away from reality for a sec. Yes. Uh, Serendipity824 says, yo, Joe needs to be on This Week in Marvel more often. I agree. I, I'm happy to just go and do other stuff. Sean Witt <laughs> says, replacement Jew Joe Tabs is crushing it on his first This Week in Marvel podcast. Hashtag keeping it tabs. Hashtag downer. Hashtag tell me she throws the hat. Did did he just enlist everyone he I feel knows? Like he did. I feel like he did. And I'm okay with very, that. No, I would do it. <laughs> I, I will do it. I probably will do it. Simon, Simon Williams, Simon Sebs, Twim of the Week for 1026, Miss Marvel number 12. I hope we get, do get to learn more about Kamala's extended family. I think we will. It seems like uh, G.O. Wilson is definitely laying the tracks for that. The ending to Totally Awesome Hulk number 11 has me legitimately worried what's going to happen next issue. Ooh, very scary. Love Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number 12. Lunella is the smartest person on Earth. I can get with that. I would love to see a team up with Lunella, Riri Williams, and the Reed Richards from Spider-Gwen. Hell cool. yeah. That's a great team up. Um, after hearing Stromy's German accent for a few weeks, I feel I owe Agent M an apology for making fun of his accents. Apolo- I think that's... Apology accepted? Apology accepted. Apology accepted. Um, Tomb of the Week for 11-2. Champions number 2. Champions needs Maddie Cho to help rein in Amadeus. He's kind of a douche in the book. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, he's all smooch time over there, yeah. so maybe he doesn't. The sis, you know, his sister shouldn't be like hanging out watching Probably him not. smooch. No, it's a not. robot lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Wasn't sure I wanted to keep reading Avengers after Miles, Nova, and Miss Marvel left, but issue number one has me interested. That was the week that uh, I wasn't here. I forget who filled in for me. But um, Avengers number one came out. I didn't get to talk about how much I loved Avengers number one. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. Mike Del Mundo art. Crushed. The uh, story really picked up. I thought it was excellent. Um, I felt Spidey was the best Spider-Man comic Marvel was doing. Sad to see it end. Right Can't disagree with you, with you Simon. It was real good. Oh, man. Spider-Woman number 13. The ending made me feel like I did watching some shows season seven premiere a few weeks ago. Shows on season seven? It's crazy. What do they do? Three seasons a year? Come on. Come on! During all the hospital scenes in Doctor Strange, I kept expecting Claire Temple to show up. Uh, I saw this tweet, and I will say that that doesn't make sense because 
the uh, hospital that mm. they work in, in that where uh, Doctor Strange. It's pretty high end. But it's it's on the east side of yeah. Manhattan. Uh, I know this because I was watching where they uh, sort of the shot at the wind when. Doctor Strange and the Ancient One, they're looking over, they're looking over the East River, and that's mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. Uh, the Queensboro Bridge, 89% sure that's what it is. Yeah. Whereas Claire Temple, she's Hell's Kitchen side. I'm not yeah. sure where that hospital is, but I don't think, they're not the same hospital. So you wouldn't Geography, see Geography, y'all. There's more than one hospital in the Marvel Universe. Especially in New York City. Especially we, in New York we City. We got hospitals. Hospitals like crazy. The mid-credit and end-credit scenes of Doctor Strange were some of the best ones in recent memory. Cool. That's all I got. Uh, Twim of the week for 11-9, Power Man and Iron Fist number 10, David Walker does it again. Invincible Iron Man number 1 and World of Wakanda number 1 were both great. If they hadn't come out the same week against Power Man and Iron Fist, either would have been my Twim of the week. It looks like Spider-Man Renew Your Vows will fill the void left by Spidey for me and getting my Peter Parker fixed since I don't read the main Amazing Spider-Man book. What's wrong with you, boy? Simon. Yeah. You should be checking Are you on Marvel Unlimited? Because you could get all up in those Amazing Spider-Mans so good. on the cheap and find out what you're missing. Also, you should be reading Prowler, and you would get hip to what Prowler's been up to mm-hmm. if you're reading Amazing Spider-Man. Mm. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Mm. Can already tell World of, Wanda, World of Wakanda is going to be something special. Congrats to Roxanne Gay and ta Coates. Yes, I agree. That is a very cool book. The flashback in Power Man and Iron Fist number 10 was one of the best parts of the issues. Love the late 80s, early 90s vibe. So good. Thank you, Roxanne Gay, for bringing back the lost art of thought balloons in World of Wakanda. And then finally, I'd like to co-host an episode of This Week in Marvel one of these days. What can we do to make this happen? (laughs) We should hold a contest. Yeah. And the winner gets to come on with Joe Tabs. And do a pod and do an episode. It'll have to be like a Christmas week episode okay. where both of us are out of town. Yep. And so they'll have to be here yep. to record it on Christmas Day. There it is. Yeah. All when right. the office is closed. Yeah. Blake will let you in. Yep. Somehow. Uh, all right. Cool. Last one up is the Tech Lord. Lex Pendragon says, I'm picturing friendship across the top is dope under it and a small this week in Marvel across the top in giant gold. Giant gold. gold. I like that. Uh you had me at giant gold. Yeah, which was the end of the sentence. So. Fair. Didn't have you till the end. That's okay. You know what? That's like a good book. Sometimes you get reeled in right at the end. It's not, it's not a good book. <laughs> Techlord says, uh, this week in Marvel with guest host Joe Tabs was great. Ugh, he no. should make more appearances. I'm done. <laughs> uh, and then finally, Lex says, did you guys know there was a Marvel tarot deck? I'm sure Joe Tabs knew. I did not know. Neither did Is I. that a, a deck? It looks like a series, a comic series. I don't know, man. It doesn't look official at all. It definitely doesn't well, look strictly. The legal. URL is comicstore.marvel.com slash official tarot of the Marvel Universe from 2007. 2007. Who is that on the the tarot? Is that, I don't know. Looks like a Jedi or something. It's not a Jedi. No? A Sith? It looks like Brandon Peterson art. Could be Brandon Peterson. Can't tell from this uh, little picture. Uh, yeah, we've never played that. It's it's a comic book. It's a comic book. It's literally it says see, comic series. But it also says there was. Did you know there was a Marvel tarot deck? Well, I don't know. Maybe they show the deck within the comic series. I don't know. Look, Joe Tabs would know. That guy's the best. It's pretty great. Let's get out of here. Uh, all right, remember to read Nova for yes. next week. First three issues of Nova by Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning. We will be talking about it next week. Yes, and then uh, yeah, we'll be back. Have a great weekend, guys. This is great. This is Marvel. Your universe.